everybody welcome back to another episode of can you dig it a podcast by silverscreenandroll.com i'm christian rebus joined as always by jacob brood a very happy new year to you jacob what did you do this past weekend oh well uh we had a uh covid scare so i stayed at home all weekend and fortunately nobody has covid but uh no i it was a relaxing last week or so uh but i am ready to jump back into things makes it a lot easier when the lakers are playing like this and and not like they typically have against the timberwolves this season i thought i may like I, i thought i had covid uh this week but it turns out that i'm just like uh not great with 13 degree weather as i was in the mountains and uh, it was uh not a good time like the cabin that we stayed at had not been heated before we got there so me being a big dummy uh i walked on the tile in the cabin barefoot and uh the rest of the week i just had sniffles it was great which by the way if uh, your reaction to having a little bit of sniffles is, oh, my God, I may have COVID. Welcome to 2022. <laughs> I was going to say that uh, that is fortunately the world we live in because, yeah, we weren't sure if we had COVID. And it turns out everybody just had a common cold slash flu. But um, that is how life is going to be for some time that. Uh, you get a little bit of a runny nose and a sore throat, and you fear the worst. But fortunately, I think all the Lakers, knock on wood, realize I'm jinxing things, but nobody's in health and safety protocols. So they are as healthy as they've been in all season, I, even with AD and Kendrick Nunn out. Yeah, Rondo had cleared health and safety protocols, but was not active. For reasons we don't know, because it hasn't been made official by both teams yet. Uh, So we can't possibly speculate on what that might be. (laughs) Um, Actually, it's been so long, it feels like, since we podcasted. We're we're not the first podcast since the Rondo trade, are we? Uh, Gosh, everything. The Rondo trade was on Thursday night, I believe um so we might be i know anthony did a kind of emergency pod yeah emergency pod um so he might have talked about it a little bit but with the holiday schedule we might be the uh first ones to talk about it honestly i am still stunned that it is rondo that is getting traded uh if you would have listed or made me rank the roster basically um the rondo would not have really been close to any of the players i expected to get traded uh just because i it seemed like everybody really likes him i was even okay with him kind of taking that jared dudley role uh 
mm-hmm. uh, as the last guy on the bench mentor type of thing. But I mean, if you can get an asset, whatever it may be in this sense, an asset being an open roster spot, um, you can go for it. I understand it. So Lakers, Lakers have some decisions to make in the coming week about their roster. A couple different ones, Stanley Johnson, Darren Collison, uh, Avery Bradley's guarantee. Uh, there might be some maneuvering to, to keep some of these guys, I think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> speaking of keeping guys, Malik Monk to, to, I guess we should talk about the Timberwolves Lakers game. It was not a fun one. Um, <laughs> but the most fun part about that game was Malik Monk having another truly just outstanding offensive performance, 22 points on eight of 14 shooting from the field. Um, it took go along with two blocks. I didn't even realize he had two blocks. Wow. Um, the Lakers need to maximize LeBron James window, but also this window they have with Malik Monk on a veterans minimum contract, because there is no chance in hell he is re-signing for the veterans minimum. And the Lakers do not have the facilities to pay him the money he will likely command next summer. So you're talking about the Lakers championship window. We're talking about LeBron James and Malik Monk, baby. That's where we're at. Uh, What is it? 38 games into the season. Is Malik Monk the best guard on the Lakers? No, okay. <laughs> but but was he the best guard on the Lakers on Sunday night? Absolutely. There was yeah. uh, a point in the game where I thought Russell Westbrook was throwing. Um, yeah. But, I, I mean, Westbrook has had nights where he's been just awful. And Sunday night was certainly one of those nights. Seven turnovers in the first half, limited to two turnovers in the second half. But those seven turnovers are killer. And his turnovers have just been a problem throughout the season, at least to to people watching. I think he had, uh, I mean, you know better than me uh, what he said verbatim, uh, but he had a quote post game about turnovers just kind of being part of the Russell Westbrook experience to, to, which I agree with to an extent, but it, it can't be the Russell Westbrook experience, which it definitely was uh, against the Timberwolves. Yeah. He was asked, um, Dave McMenamin asked him, he hit that, he had that and one jumper late in the game. And it was Dave McMenamin just said, you weren't, you didn't have your best game or you weren't playing great, something like that. What did that moment kind of mean? And Russ pushed back and said, well, I disagree with that. And Dave said, which part? And he said that I wasn't having a great game. And Russ, he made a point that largely I would agree with that his game can't necessarily be measured in turnovers, missed shots, things of that nature. Overall, I would agree with that. He also just didn't do that on Sunday either. So, I mean, there he just really didn't have a great game. It's, it's a little harsh because I feel like he's had a pretty long string of good games. And largely speaking, he has been fine for the last 
I don't know, month or so, I think I've been fine with what he's done. But when he has bad games, they're like really loud, bad games. And it's largely due to the fact that when he has bad games, he's turning the ball over a lot. And it's just really odd things he's doing. Like, I just can't wrap my head around why he has an inability to like hang on to the ball when he's going for a dunk or a layup. Like anytime I tweet about it, the responses I get are, Oh, he has small hands. And like, okay. I mean, sure. But he's in year, like, what is this 15 for him? Whatever it is. Like he's had small hands his whole career. Like why is it an issue this season? Why is that the excuse he gets this season? Um, gotta be the ball. Somebody's gotta ask him about it. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I'm sure I'm surprised he hasn't brought that up. Um, yeah, it's it's there's just odd things he does. I thought tonight he was just consistently trying to do too much. He had that one like three on two fast break with LeBron in the middle. He was on one side, every Bradley was on the other. LeBron hit him, he should have just went up with it and he tried some wild kind of up and under pass to Avery Bradley that went sailing into like the third row. And it, that I thought that was just indicative of his night when it came to those turnovers. Cause it was a lot of just doing too much. He had one at the end of the game where he tried to force it to LeBron through three people in the middle of the paint. And it got, it was a turnover that, that Avery Bradley played terrific. I thought, and he chased back and got a turnover the other way to kind of bail Russ out. So yeah, on Sunday, it, it wasn't good Russ, uh, no matter what he said after the game. Um, he just didn't, I didn't think he played great regardless. <clears throat> he had a couple, I mean, he had that and one was big knocked down some free throws, but overall it wasn't great. That being said, I think he's largely been fine. I mean, you really need him playing well to make this LeBron at center thing work. And I think he has been playing well. And I think that's why it's worked. I I think back to that Houston game where him and LeBron just absolutely picked Houston apart with their two man game. Uh, That's where they're going to find success. So it was a weird rest night. His bad games are going to be loud and he was really loud on, on Sunday. I think, with AD out, and I know this is going to sound like a broken record by the end of the season, uh, especially after last season, but when this team is healthy, Russell Westbrook is not going to be the number two option. That is going to be Anthony Davis. And when you look at the lineup data with Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook has been a perfectly fine, if not great, third option to those two guys. And as long as you nail the pieces around them, which, you know, them moving on from Rondo shows a willingness uh, that, that, that they want to do that. And, you know, who knows what will happen with Stanley Johnson. He had uh, three steals, which was tied with LeBron James for the second most on the team uh, and behind Avery Bradley for the most on the team. Avery Bradley had four. Um, As long as they nail the supporting cast, I think 
they'll be a pretty damn good team. Um, but right now, it is not great. Uh, and I think the other thing that like is going to contribute to these just really bad Westbrook nights while AD is out is as as we saw on Sunday night, the Lakers don't have like a playable center. LeBron James is the Laker is the Lakers center right now. And obviously that'll change when Anthony Davis comes back, but with even with how depleted the Lakers roster has been over the last week, it has been hard for Dwight Howard and DeAndre Jordan to see the court. And I don't expect that to change uh, judging or, or going based off of Frank Vogel's comments after the game. Yeah. And I know a lot of people were upset that they didn't go big whenever uh, they were just getting crushed on the boards. The final rebounding tallies are wild. Uh, 56 rebounds to uh, Minnesota, 28 to the Lakers. That's not even counting team rebounds. It was over. It was something like 64 to 36 or something along those lines. It was, I, I looked it up. It was a, a rebounding margin, like two rebounding totals that had only happened three times previous to tonight. Like the Lakers were obliterated on the boards and a lot of people were wanting Dwight, wanting DeAndre, somebody to come in just to try to fix the issue. And um, I should have should have paid attention to which one. One of the Kamenetsky brothers asked after the game, um, basically, did you not go to them because um, you needed this group to figure out if they're going to commit to LeBron at, at small ball center? And that's what he said. He Vogel said he resisted the urge to go to Dwight or DeAndre and said if they're committed to LeBron at center, which they are, then this group has to figure out how to rebound, how to deal with the Nas reads of the NBA. And um, they can't have Dwight or DeAndre just come in and bail them out. That even being said, he also pointed out that when they played big against Minnesota before, they crushed them on the glass. It's just Minnesota is a team that sends all five guys at the offensive glass. Um, and that's just how they play. And they've crushed the Lakers on the glass every game that they played. Uh, but tonight it was about figuring things out um, on that rebounding and doing it with the groups, the players that they had out there that weren't Dwight or DeAndre. Um, at the same time, Dwight and DeAndre should be embarrassed to be on this roster right now, considering uh, the Lakers are just openly going to a 37-year-old forward to play center. LeBron, that's, I know, simplifying what LeBron is, but um, that it, that was never their plan A. That wasn't their plan A, plan B, plan C. I don't even know what plan we're at right now with LeBron at center to this degree. Um, I There's there was hardly any point having both of them on the roster after the first two weeks of the season. You could tell, I don't know why they're both on the roster still at this point, because it, neither of them are playable. Um, I certainly seems like Darren Collison is done. So they don't really need to open a roster spot right now. Cause once Rondo's traded and they cut Denzel Valentine, 
uh, there's your roster spot. But one or both of those guys are going to be gone by the deadline because the fact that they couldn't get in the game tonight, that the Lakers are just in general committing to this LeBron at center. Now, I, I think it's almost simplifying as well, calling it LeBron at center. They aren't playing a center. Yeah. Like, like Mello is their backup center right now or Ariza or however you want to Stanley Johnson, whatever it is. Like they are just not playing anyone over like six, seven right now. Like I don't see the point having Dwight or Deandre on the team because the Lakers are just saying, this is a modern NBA. We're just putting a bunch of six, seven guys out there and figuring it out. Yeah. I, and it should be stressed that the only reason the Lakers have been able to get away with this is because LeBron James is so spectacular with all due respect yeah. to Carmelo Anthony, who came up big for the Lakers uh, down the stretch in Sunday night's game. Um, 14 points of five, 10 shooting from the field, three of seven shooting from behind the arc, just a delight to watch this season, not a great center. And I hope uh, <laughs> we don't have to have to see him play center much more this season. Imagine uh, if in like September when we were having these discussions <laughs> about this team that I would have told you on January 2nd, your two centers would be LeBron James and Carmelo Anthony. Like even in the modern version of the NBA, like, and obviously we would AD not factoring into that would have been the first question, but uh, this has been a wild ride, but I mean, yeah, as you said, LeBron, one other point I was wanting to make, LeBron being superhuman isn't even just on the offensive end. Like, he took the Nas Reed assignment in the fourth quarter and really limited him. Um, he was running pick-and-roll coverages as the center, uh, which is not typically what he does. Uh, Nas Reed only had uh, one field goal attempt and two rebounds, both of them defensive rebounds in the fourth quarter. And that was predominantly with LeBron on him. So uh, LeBron James is good at basketball folks. That's a hot take. Uh, and we'll go into the break on that scold scolding hot take. So people have a <laughs> minute to digest it. When we get back, we will go over our new year's resolutions for the Lakers. I don't know how you are with New Year's resolutions, but I'm typically not great at them. I think my New Year's resolution for the last uh, three years has been to lose at least 20 pounds. And since then, the number keeps going up, <laughs> the amount of weight I want to lose. <laughs> uh, right now, it's just like a mentality. I want, I want to have like a healthy lifestyle or at the very least, like a healthy mindset. Um and so that'll roll over into this year. Uh, before we get into Lakers New Year's resolutions, do you have any that you would feel comfortable sharing? I don't ever really do New Year's resolutions. <laughs> like, I know, I don't know that I've ever really done them, but I, I also know that I, it's not something I would probably <laughs> stick to. So I just, I don't even go about it. I, one of them I want to do, I was looking around. Oh, well, here's one. I want to read more books because I, I have this Giannis book that I started. I have a whole bunch of books that I keep buying and not reading. So maybe I'll, I'll make that my kind of New Year's resolution is to read more books because I'm piling them up on my bookshelf, but I'm not reading them at any sort of rate. My parents know me so well uh, because for Christmas, they got me 
the Mamba Mentality photo book. I have it, that. It's it's sitting on my bookcase right across from me. It is a like with all due respect to uh, Andrew Bernstein, the photographer. Um, at the end of the day, it is a picture book. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's it's just photos, and I will read that because I like <laughs> looking at pictures. Um, but yeah, that that is definitely a good one. Um, my, I guess, other New Year's resolution was to start reading more, but not like, not like actual, um, like books. But my, uh, uh, I had a copy of The Long Halloween, a, a Batman graphic novel that I had lost, and I believe the next uh, Batman movie, the Robert Pattinson one, is going to be loosely based off of that, and I love it so much, and I want to reread it, and. I've started rereading it and it made me realize I really like reading graphic novels. Like I knew this about myself, but I had just stopped. And uh, so I'd like to read more this year. The Lakers, however, I, I don't imagine any of their like new year's resolutions involves reading Batman comics. Maybe Dwight Dwight in <laughs> an interview, like two years ago revealed that he bought a purple car because he liked Thanos, which is something that a six-year-old would say. If you ask them why they wanted a purple car. I I forgot about that. I was also looking at you were talking about wanting to read more, not just books. That reminded me that I have the pocket app. I don't know if that's uh, something you have, but it basically is an app where you can save articles you see on like Twitter mm-hmm. or whatnot. Um, that reminded me I have a really bad habit of saving said articles and never reading them. And I just opened up the pocket app on my browser. And yeah, it's not, uh, I may, that's, that might be where I start clean out that bad boy. Um, Dwight, yeah, I forgot about Dwight liking Thanos. Uh, that was back when we were absolutely in fear of signing him and questioning everything the Lakers were doing. Uh, it's now odd that. Well, I was going to say it's odd that that was our mindset and he had a terrific year uh, help was a huge piece in the Lakers winning the title this time around again. We're like, yes, come back home. <laughs> he was calling this his home. We wanted him back. He wanted another parade. And now there's a pretty decent chance. He's not even going to make it past the trade deadline. <laughs> well, if, if we're going to talk about the Lakers New Year's resolutions, I think that's a good place to start. Um I think one of their accomplishments or, or things they should seek to accomplish in the new year, preferably this season, but also next season, um, is to find a damn center. Like, again, LeBron James at center is a really good player, as I've found out the last month. I didn't know that. I knew LeBron James was a really good basketball player. I didn't know LeBron James as a center would work. It sounds stupid because – like LeBron James is good at everything. Um, but having a proper center would be nice. Uh, Anthony Davis can be that. And when he plays center, I mean, he certainly has the size, shot blocking ability, finishing ability. Um, but just having another big on the floor uh, or, or just having a center that you feel comfortable deploying uh in in spot minutes where ad and lebron rest or you know what have you i i just think that is something that 
when you look at the trade deadline or the post-trade deadline buyout market, I think for most people, the number one priority is adding that defensive wing. And I think that's fair. But I think you're more likely to find a quality backup big in those respective markets than you are, you know, that coveted three and D wing. Cause everybody wants that three and D wing. I think backup centers or backup bigs, whether it's like a Damian Jones or, you know, a Thaddeus young in the buyout market. I think those guys will help the Lakers more than, than most people think they will. Yeah. I, the thing with this LeBron at center stuff is it's effective. It's good. I'm stunned it still works at 37. The Cavaliers basically did this, Lord, however many years ago it's been. It feels like an eternity. Um, that's They made the finals just putting LeBron at the center and a whole bunch of really good shooters around him. One quick note. In his post-game press conference the other day, they asked him about playing center, and he's like, man, I've never played center in my life. I was like, LeBron! We have tape of you playing center. I guess he maybe considered Kevin Love the center or Channing Fry. I don't. Okay, sure, LeBron, sure. Um, but uh, it's not sustainable for like long stretches and in the long run. Like, I'm looking at the standings, and there are going to be matchups where you're going to need a center. You're not going to be able to play LeBron at center against Jokic. Uh, you might, <laughs> you're going to give up a lot of points to Jokic, but I guess you can stretch him out to the perimeter and have LeBron toast him. I don't, that, I don't think that they're going to want to do that. Um, against Steven Adams, I mean, we saw what Memphis did to the Lakers just a, a less than a week ago, a few days ago. Um, Porzingis could be a bad matchup depending on, what type of Porzingis you're getting. DeAndre Ayton isn't a great matchup in that regard. So, um, oh, and Rudy Gobert. Well, I, I don't really know what to make of Rudy Gobert in the playoffs. But, uh, but, I mean, on paper, those are guys that, like, probably aren't great matchups for LeBron at center. Uh, so, yeah, you need a viable big man. I haven't really looked at the buyout market. I don't know who's even going to be available even just like a Markeith Morris type of guy, just like somebody that can bang with some of those bigger guys, eat up some of those minutes. Um, really, Markeith Morris was perfect for what the Lakers needed kind of in that five spot next to Anthony Davis, and that's why he was so successful and the team was so successful in the bubble with him and, with him and AD together. Um so just I'm, those guys don't <laughs> really exist. Uh, I remember talking in the preseason that that was a role the Lakers didn't really fill is they lost Markeith Morris and didn't replace him with anybody. Maybe a Trevor Ariza, um, maybe kind of a Stanley Johnson now, but it'll be interesting to see how they address that because as much fun as this is, and even when AD comes back, like you have to have some type of other option for, a center and the Lakers have completely lost faith in the two guys they have now. It's funny that you brought up, you know, the, this idea of 
roles from last season that guys can fill now because I think when you look at this team and like you know making like for like comparisons from even the championship team I think the closer the Lakers get to making those like for like replacements the closer they're going to be to being a championship contender like them bringing in Stanley Johnson and seeing the way he plays. I, I tweeted the other day that I really like Stanley Johnson in this like Kyle Kuzma role. And I think he can really thrive in, in that type of situation. I agree that bringing in somebody that, you know, can fill that Markeith Morris role, um, somebody with a little bit more size, uh, at least from like a strength standpoint than Trevor Reza would really help um, with that versatility of sliding over or playing down a position, playing down when, when moving, when talking about moving from the four to the five, I never know if it's playing down or playing up a position. Uh, I believe it's playing up a position that see, that sounds right. I just mm-hmm. don't know. <laughs> it's uh, interesting. Just real quick. I hadn't really thought of Stanley Johnson in the Kuzma role, but that is interesting he's obviously a different type of player but i was just going to mention that frank vogel had some comments uh pre-game about stanley johnson whose 10-day contract is up as you're listening to this i believe monday is his last day um and he was asked basically what how stanley johnson has looked even though frank vogel's only coached him twice in those 10 days um he said Stanley Johnson's done everything he possibly could to stick around. I would be flabbergasted if he does not stay around. But uh, he also noted that in other situations, he struggled as a three-point shooter, as a wing player, and that he thought that they might have kind of unlocked something having him as a shooter, as a center, because I, I haven't looked – I could see the argument because it's a lot different type of looks you're probably getting. They're in general, probably a lot more open. Um, it's just different kind of spaces on the floor. You're operating in probably a lot more corner threes than kind of wing threes, which typically corner threes guys make more. Um, I just thought that was an interesting quote and I hadn't really thought of him in, in the Kuzma role because it's not a, an exact comparison, but that's kind of more or less the the spot he's filled now. Yeah, just somebody that always has their hands up and is, you know, trying on the defensive end, which I think right now is like the bare minimum for making this Lakers roster. And like you, <laughs> I'd, I'd be really surprised if uh, he didn't stick. The, the next resolution I have is is kind of dumb. Uh, when you say it out loud yes Um, and you know it might not be the hot the scolding hot takes you uh, listen to this podcast for Uh, (laughs) but my um, my other resolution for the Lakers is just to to, you know just get healthy Um, because I, I think when you when you think about this roster obviously the most important part of that equation is the big three 
getting as many games as they can together. Uh, Russell West, Ru- Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis. For those that were confused, uh, Malik oh, Monk I is not it was, damn, part of this. I was going to make that joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think equally important is the pieces around them, uh, because until we get like a mostly healthy Lakers roster where all the key rotational players are in place. Can you really evaluate the full potential of this team one, but specifically like the pieces on this team and, you know, specifically Taylor Horton Tucker, because I think Taylor Horton Tucker right now is playing a role. He is not going to play when the team is fully healthy. Like, I really hope the Lakers plan is not to close games with Russell Westbrook and Taylor Horton Tucker on the floor at the same time, because that would just be bad. And, you know, I am more open to the idea of trading Taylor Horton Tucker than I think a lot of people uh, are, or at least a lot of people that value him as a prospect as highly as I do. But when I talk about trading Taylor Horton Tucker, it's not because I am out on him as a prospect. I just don't think this team in its current form is uh, like tailored for him to succeed or for him to develop into the player I think that he can be. But even with that being said and me feeling that way, I can't say that with any semblance of confidence without first seeing you know, what the three guard lineups with Kendrick Nunn, Austin Reeves, and Taylor Horton Tucker look like. Um, you know, if they do manage I don't know to if we'll ever see those. <laughs> Why is that? I think I think that would look great. Taylor Horton Tucker. No, no, I I just I just mean from like oh, I don't from know a Kendrick Nunn, <laughs> if Kendrick Nunn's ever gonna actually play. Yeah, and and that's the other thing, right? Is with g- getting healthy is important because you know, it, it's not just Taylor. It, it really is the entire roster. Um, when you're working with really thin margins, like the Lakers will be at the trade de- trade deadline. It's like, okay, well, in theory, everybody's expendable outside of the big three. Um, you know, maybe you throw Malik Monk and Austin Reeves in the, you know, too good to trade for their value and, you know, throw Melo in there too. Cause I think he's been really good. Um, but for the, for the most part, you look at the team and say, you know, everything's on the table based on what we've seen right now. Uh, but maybe that's not the case when we start to see, you know, this team at, at full strength. So I really hope we get the opportunity to see that. But like you, each game that Kendrick Nunn doesn't play, I am growing more and more pessimistic. Uh, in his defense... Frank Vogel said we wouldn't see him in 2021. It's only just turned to 2022. Um, we may get some type of update. They're practicing on Monday as you're listening to this. So there might be a question about him. Uh, a couple things to that point. The one kind of resolution I had was similar to yours, but maybe a, a little more direct is find the voodoo witch doctor that cursed the Lakers to have all these injuries because um, the last two seasons, I made this joke on Twitter a while back. It was when AD went down. The Lakers like really sold their soul to win that title and are paying for it the last two seasons. 
it seems like they're getting healthy. If you just look at the Lakers roster and basketball reference, the two things that jump out to me, one, there have already been 22 guys play for the Lakers this year, and that's not counting Kendrick Nunn. Two, there have only been two Lakers to play in every game this season. Do you know who they are? Oh, God. Okay. Uh, Russell Westbrook. That's one. Carmelo Anthony? That's the other. Wow. Uh, the That is kind of a defense I would have for Russ, and that's one that they've went to a couple times, is nobody's had the pieces move around him more this year than Russ. Like, yeah. He's been in so many different types of starting lineups in just lineups in general. And it's, I mean, it's hard to, to be the point guard playing with, with, I mean, for the, basically he's played with 21 other guys at some point this season and throw Kendrick Nunn in there in the preseason. He's played with 22 other guys at some point this season. So that would be a defense I would have for uh, Russ this season, even while acknowledging how frustrating and bad at times he's been, is that there's been so many moving parts around him. Um, LeBron, Russ, and AD just haven't played together. And to your point about trading Talon, the reservations I have are one, as you said, this isn't the role he's probably going to be playing when they're healthy. I thought he's played better the last handful of games. Again, he's another guy. There's just so many guys on the roster that benefit from this LeBron at center lineup. He's another guy with the extra space that I thought has gotten to the rim a lot better. Avery Bradley has been, I was thinking it tonight and I saw a couple stats about it. Cooper tweeted one as well. Avery Bradley's been genuinely good for about the last two weeks or so. Um, I, and that the Lakers have played him so much and he's been such an important part to this team that I think they're going to guarantee his contract. Um, but he's someone that benefits from those lineups because he's terrific at cutting off the ball. As we saw a couple times tonight, that one, Mello went up for a shot and just fired a, a bullet to Avery Bradley under the basket for a layup. Um, he's always terrific at cutting. And two, there isn't as much onus on him to be the floor spacer when there's so much spacing on the floor already. Like he, he isn't solely responsible for being the guy to knock down threes to stretch the defense when he's out there with the starting lineup is – him I don't actually he's not in the starting lineup but the lineup he's usually with is some version of Russ him LeBron Stanley Johnson and whichever other guard or mellow or or monk or something like that and those are all guys that can stretch the floor in some capacity so uh, but to the larger point this team needs to get healthy um, that's the biggest thing for me that was the the resolution I had kind of made note of is that you, the Lakers don't really know what they have. LeBron was talking about that tonight because uh, he kept getting asked questions. And to his credit, he kept saying, we haven't logged enough minutes. We don't know what we have. They're starting to kind of figure out what they have. Trevor Reza is getting more run than he has at any point this season. Austin Reeves is now back and seemingly healthy. Um, 
Stanley Johnson is here. Like, really, these guys are the core of what they're going to have is available now. And aside from Anthony Davis slotting in there, which I believe nine guys played on um, three, six, nine guys played on Sunday. You slot Anthony Davis in there as the 10th guy, and that's more or less as deep as you'll go in a playoff rotation. Um, So we'll see. Uh, Kendrick Nunn could come in there. I don't know right now whose minutes he's taking, but you shouldn't really rely on Kendrick Nunn coming back at this point because we just don't know when it's going to be. But all that is to say, to your point about Taylor Horton Tucker, he's another guy who's played so many different roles this season. Um, He, he's been with LeBron, without LeBron, with AD, without AD. He's been in the starting lineup. He's been the sixth man. Um, He's done all that while starting the season a month late with a thumb injury. He's had COVID and he's 20 or 20. I think he actually just turned 21. Like, this has been a tumultuous year for him. This is an argument I was making last week on Twitter is that I also don't know. There, It would have to be a really good trade for me to, to part ways with him because um, I don't know how close this team is to a finals team right now. And to me, that's – the Lakers already kind of drew a line in the sand last year by not including him in the Kyle Lowry trade. Uh, that's where they value him, whether you value him or anybody listening to this values him at that level, that's where the Lakers are at with him. And they since then have committed a lot of money to him. So they clearly have put invested a lot into him. So there's not been a ton of trades that I've thought would make a lot of sense, but again, I would also, I'm not sure about the, I think this team needs some sort of run together as what they are before you start go moving more pieces. So um, it's a, it's going to be a a tight rope. They have to walk because when Anthony Davis gets back, it's going to be a really short amount of time. This team's going to have to evaluate everything and then go to the trade deadline. Um, So it this team badly just needs to stay healthy at this point. The small, I don't, it's weird to call it a benefit. The silver lining maybe of the Lakers having that outbreak is that that should be it. Like there, there was only a, I don't know. I think everybody has been in health and safety protocols at this point in the team. It's a very kind of, weird way of looking at it but it does mean that the lakers that shouldn't be an issue moving forward so it's just a matter of kind of staying healthy no more twisted ankles no more guys falling into legs into knees anything like that get an extended run with this team because it's fun watching this team with LeBron at the five. Like I tweeted in the first half, there's an element to this team where it's just kind of like pickup basketball, where it's just like five guys out there running around, cutting, making plays, and they're just doing it at a ridiculously high level. So I enjoy watching this team right now. And (laughs) there's been a lot of times I haven't enjoyed watching this team. So 
get everyone healthy, get AD back on the floor, get Kendrick Nunn on the floor. Let's see what this team has because this is as optimistic as I felt about this team maybe since a preseason at this point. Now you said you don't do uh, New Year's resolutions for yourself, uh, but is there anything you'd like to see the Lakers accomplish uh, in the new year outside of winning a championship? Well, if that's off the tape. Um, <laughs> yeah, I. to me, all of it just centers around getting healthy. Like there might be some roster construction stuff that they need to figure out, but the fact that they're trading Rondo actually gives me some optimism that they're willing to do what is necessary to do that. Um, And I mean, outside of that, we've mentioned everything. They need a center. They need a wing. Um, You can see how much they need a wing that just bringing in Stanley Johnson changed the team this much, just having a, I don't know, it's six, six athletic guy just to put out there is um, impacts the team this much. So my main resolution of this team is to get rid of that voodoo doll that is cursing them because uh, outside of that, that seems to be the biggest thing holding this team back and they can get healthy and get a bit of a run here. I was looking at the standings. I mean, there's still, after tonight, they are seventh, but a game separates them and fifth. Um, the Clippers are between them, and the Clippers are absolutely beaten down right now. Uh, and then Memphis is still up there. And, I mean, I'd be surprised if Memphis stayed up there. But um, I think this team has a run in them. Uh, the schedule's only going to get tougher, but they're – playing decently right now knock on wood a lot can change before we talk next week but they're playing decently right now and i'm i'm optimistic that this team can put together a run and start to climb up those standings start to string together some victories and play some good basketball finally that would i mean sounds great to me it sounds like a a great 2022 to me um didn't realize how big that gap was between the Grizzlies and Lakers um, would take quite the collapse from the Grizzlies and also quite the run from the Lakers. But how funny would it be if uh, Clippers Lakers after all of that hype, them meeting in the postseason for the first time was the first round four and five matchup. Oh, that's not where I thought you were going. I thought you were going to be the seven, eight or seven, 10. Uh, no, no. <laughs> The, the kings of the playing game, the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, God, that would be so funny. Um, well, that'll do it for our show this week. We hope you all had a safe and, and fun new year. We look forward to uh, podcasting or doing this podcast for you guys to listen to for what I believe is going on our third consecutive year. If not with you, Jacob, then uh, definitely this right podcast uh started with our good friend grant goldberg um so it's our third calendar year but 2020 was like five years so <laughs> we're closing it on a decade thank you uh thank you all for your continued support and listening to this podcast we'll be back with a new episode next week and hopefully nothing but fun stuff to talk about take care <laughs>